Hey guys, it's Ben. And it's Christian. And Rohit. And we're going to be doing a podcast about three famous philosophers from ancient Greece. Um, so first of all, we're going to start off with Socrates. And one of his major points was what humans choose to do is based on whether or not it will fulfill their happiness. That makes sense because uh, people base their choices on what makes them happy. And people do what makes them happy. They're not going to do things that make them unhappy unless there's a motive behind it. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree. Oh, so the next point is that being very smart comes from knowing yourself. So Socrates meant that true knowledge comes from knowing how you feel about topics and knowing what you want to do with your life. Yeah, yeah. so I agree. And also, like, knowing, like, how you feel about things, like you said, or, like, knowing your emotions at the time, like over like knowing that stuff over like knowing like book smarts he's saying is a lot more value valuable yeah i agree um and he says with the more knowledge a person has they can make good choices and that makes a person truly happy um so what do you think he means by that so he says the more knowledge a person has and you become smarter from knowing yourself so he's basically saying that knowing yourself if you know yourself you can make better choices I agree, but I also have something to add on. I think he means as you gain more life experience and as you become more knowledgeable, you make better choices because now you have the knowledge to base your choices on. And also, so once you have that ability to make choices, then that again brings up the point that you can make a choice, that like a good or bad choice, which could also lead and affect your happiness. I agree. So Socrates talked a lot about choice and human will. Yeah. Um, I don't, and I also agree with the point that he says that making good choices will make a person happy because if you can make good choices, then you'll be able to do this thing that that really make you happy. Yeah. Yeah. So one of one legacy that Socrates has is the Socratic method, which is asking questions to stimulate critical thinking. Um, I think what he means by that is you could learn by asking questions because questions lead to more questions that lead to more questions that eventually lead to answers. For example, why is this apple red? Why is this apple green? And then it's like you keep adding on to your questions until you finally get the answer you're looking for. And then once you find that answer, it could lead to, you know, more possible questions. So, like, let's say you, I don't know, you find that apple is red because, I don't know, some product they use when they clean it or something just something random like that and and then you like think about it like oh how they clean it so it leads to more questions after you find the actual answer yeah yeah so i socrates was saying that that is more a more effective method of learning because it leads you to kind of pave your own path through learning about the world around you because in ancient times they didn't really have um, that much science to explain things, so they use theories and questions lead to theories, and theories lead to questions. So asking questions ultimately led to receiving answers. And I think that is more effective because a discussion you would learn more from than reading a textbook page or some guided notes, because they don't. Um, the Socratic method actually stimulates critical thinking. I agree. So are you saying that the Socratic method is? Even though it's a, if it's from ancient times, it's a better way to learn. Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Socrates also said that an unexamined life is not worth living. Let's try and break break that down. 
So I was kind of thinking that, like, if you don't observe yourself and, like, like you said, know yourself, then, like, it's kind of pointless as, like, you'll never have the knowledge or, or like, you'll never be knowledgeable enough to succeed. Yeah. Can you explain that a little further? So he said that an unexamined life is not worth living. Worth living. So unexamined is, like, not looked at, not researched, not examined, like, basically. So it's saying that, like, if you don't, like, pay attention to your life, and, like, know yourself, and it's, like, not worth it. Because, like, you'll never, like, know, like, the true meaning. I would like to add on to that a little bit. Um, I think he's meaning that, like, if you don't look and reflect on your choices and your life goals and decisions, then you're not really living. Yeah, yeah I would agree with that as well. I agreed with that. Um, another thing Socrates said is... Beware the barrenness of a busy life. Um, to analyze that, I would say... Well, well means... first, why don't we analyze barrenness? So, barrenness means, yeah. like, unproductive or, like, not able to do what is needed. Yeah. So, useless? Yeah, pretty much useless, unproductive, like, not worth it. Okay. And then, beware means, like, be cautious. Exactly. So, so be cautious of the uselessness, the uselessness of a busy life. I think what he means by that is that a busy life is useless. Because you have so much stuff that you won't actually be able to do those things that you really want to do. So Yeah, so like if you fill yeah. your life with things that you have to do and just give yourself more work, you'll never have time to enjoy yourself and really live your life the way you want to live it. So, yeah. so like to uh, add on to that, so like let's say like, you like by busy life like you have a lot of jobs like you have like three or four jobs and like you get all this money and it's like okay great you're rich but then if you're always working constantly working you never have time to like actually use that money and enjoy yourself yeah. i agree so um believe it or not for socrates time his ideas were really far-fetched and unheard of nobody really believed in socrates philosophy because it was so unusual for the time period of ancient greece yeah. But now that we examine it, do you guys agree overall with uh, Socrates' philosophy? Uh, overall, I do agree with it, without um, without one part left out. So um, in the part where it says um, that being very smart comes from knowing yourself, so I could kind of disagree with that a little bit because, like we said, it is, he's saying that it is more knowledgeable to, like, know, like, yourself and your emotions more than, like, book smarts. But then again, like, it is still important to know those type of things. Like, we shouldn't just leave that out importantly. I mean, completely. Because, like, you could need, like, math or, like, science one day in your life. And if you just, like, only learn about yourself rather than, like, environmental things or, like, things around the world, then you may have some trouble. But I agree, but I don't think Socrates meant, like, excluding, um, quote-unquote, book smarts completely. I think he just meant that knowing yourself is also as important as math. And so, science. so you're saying like as important, or even maybe yeah. a little yeah. more important. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, do you think that um, knowing yourself is more valuable, or knowing book smarts is more valuable? Um, I would think knowing yourself is more valuable, but like I said, I don't think we should leave out book smarts completely, because if like if you don't know yourself, then like you can't really do anything. Like if you don't know like how you feel at a certain time, or like what kind of person you are. 
or like what you want to do with your life, like you'll just have no success. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on to Socrates' government policies. Um, so Socrates did not believe in a tyranny and did not believe in a democracy. He wanted something in the middle because he wanted a happy medium because democracy is very different from tyranny, but they're all like very, um, they're on opposite sides of the spectrum. And I think Socrates meant that they were just two extreme forms. Of yeah. Government. So yeah. like like he said, he kind of wanted like a government, like they can, like anybody can rule as long as they're worthy. So yeah. it's kind of a democracy because they're like it's being ruled by like people kind of somewhat, but but also like it's kind of like a tyranny because like the tyranny like he has a lot of power, so like the person ruling the tyranny, so like he kind of wants to like you said a happy medium in between. I agree. So um, what he wanted was people who are smart and and just and had a sense of justice. They didn't want people who earned their power by their parents. Or their class in society. He want pe- he wanted people who had a, a great intelligence. To add on to that, I don't think it's just about intelligence. I think Socrates wanted a balanced government with like, um, where not too many people have power, but not one person has power. Because in a tyranny, as we know, one person has power, but in a democracy, everyone has power. So I think he wanted something in the middle between that. So a system of government where like. Only, like, some people rule? Yeah, almost like an oligarchy, except with people who deserve to rule. Exactly. Okay. And also, like, this, I don't know, this, like, like class doesn't lead to success. Like, like, yeah. this, like he's saying that it's, it, does, it doesn't make sense to have, like, like, just rich people rule your government. Because, yeah, they could be rich, but then they're self-centered. They don't want to help. So he's saying that the people who, who, you know, will run the government, will make fair laws, will, like... We'll help it if there's like a military situation. Those are the people that should rule. I agree. But because wealth is not based. He's on not excluding wealth. people in the higher classes completely. If they did earn their place in the society and they're at the top, then he wouldn't um, just say you can't be part of the my form of government. He would act, he would allow them. Yeah, I don't think he would discriminate people just because they're rich. He would just discriminate against people. Well, I think I not even discriminate. Just not allow people to rule. If they can't rule. Like, if they, if they don't know how to be a good ruler, they shouldn't rule. That It's as simple as that. Yeah, like, so, like, he's not saying that if you have money, you can't rule. He's saying if you have money, you better also have some intelligence or, you know, be worthy of the job because you it doesn't make sense for you to get it just because you're rich. Yeah, it's not just about money. Yeah. Okay. So, shall we move on to Plato now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about one of Plato's major achievements, which is establishing the first school of higher learning in the Western world. He established two schools, known as the Academy and the Platonist School of Thought. Let's talk about that. Okay. Um, I think these two schools, they were teaching his philosophy, right? Yeah, Platonism. Yeah. And um, he was actually taught by Socrates. Uh, Plato's teacher was Socrates, but their ideas are very different. So let's examine Plato's ideas. So, um, Plato, he believed that true knowledge is the understanding of non-tangible objects as last emotions such as happiness and sadness, and this theory and his philosophy was called Platonism. So, let's break, let's analyze that. So, he's saying that true knowledge comes from understanding things you can't touch. Like how you feel and like how you think. So emotions, 
But it's not only emotions that you can't touch. It's, like, like not only feelings, like right? Like, luck or... So, like, uncontrolled occurrences as well? Yeah. Like, like, like luck or, like, fate? Or like, God? Yeah, because, like, like you can't don't... touch fate. Or you can't touch happiness. So, it's, like... So it's kind of like the non-tangible things in life that he's saying are very important. Yeah, things you can't touch. If you understand things you can't touch, you're smart because like, you're able to comprehend things that you can't really like see with your eyes. You have to see with your mind, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, let's go back to the uh, Platonist school of thought and the academy. So what do you think caused him to create these two schools? I think he believed that a philosopher's role in society was to teach people about philosophy and teach people how to live and kind of guide them on the right path. So I think he created these two schools to help with that, to help teach people the um, a, a good way to live. Yeah, like what he believed was the right way to live your life. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's also very important that his schools were the first... Um, like schools of higher learning in the Western world, that's a big accomplishment. Yeah. yeah. Um, go on. So also, Platonic love was an idea that Plato had, and that is love in a relationship that is non-sexual. For example, father and son, and like relationships like that, like friend and friend. It's like it's um like a bond almost. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say that. It's like. Y- you love them, but not in the way that... Yeah, not in a sexual way, because that's not always how love is. So, yeah. so like, this, this kind of uh, relate to something old. So, remember back to Confucius in ancient China. Like, he's saying, like, he come up with those five main relationships, like, and some of them were, like, you know, like, older like, brother and younger brother, friend and friend, which are relationships in which, you know, you love them and you appreciate them, but it's not the point where, like, let's say, like, uh, like a wife and a husband, or something like yeah, along yeah. those lines. Like that was one of the five relationships. So, but some of them um, represented Platonic love. So, I think Plato's saying that there are multiple types of love, and it's not just a general sexual love. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, Plato believed that there was an unchanging truth to everything, such as there are many types of horses, but there's something about each of them that makes them a horse. Yeah, let's go into that a little further. I think he means that, for example, horses. Most All horses are different. They have characteristics that make them different, like appearance or personalities, but they also all have traits that make them a horse. Yeah, so, like, the, and that could also relate to, like, people and stuff. Like, yeah. I think he's kind of using it as, like, a metaphor almost. Yeah, because everyone's different, but we're all still human. Yeah, so, like, he's saying, like, yeah, you might have, like, a different uh, skin, skin tone or, or, like, a different attribute of yourself or a different personality, but we're all part of mankind. We're all, we're all in this together. Yeah, we all have the, uh, different races, ethnicities, nationalities, religions, beliefs, personalities, but we're all still human. So Yeah, and the list goes on. Saying. There's so many things different about everyone. but the Yeah, other. but there's also some basic attributes that make us... Human. Yeah, and human. I think that what he's telling us is that we should stick together. Like, all of us are humans, and that no matter what, we're always going to be humans, and we're not, we shouldn't discriminate each other. (laughs) So your interpretation of, like, us being different yet the same 
is that we should all like unite together yeah despite our differences yeah because we're all human and that's the one thing that could that's the glue that keeps us together we should embrace it yeah i that's like true. that the glue that keeps it i like yeah. that um so plato believed that a philosopher himself as himself is a a philosopher's role in society was to teach people and open their eyes to the truth and steer them onto a good and fair path. So he's kind of saying that, like, philosophers are the ones who are going to guide you in life. Like, yeah, they're very important. Yeah, we talked important. about that um, with the schools. The, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. he's teaching his way of life. Yeah, as each philosopher does, because their role is to teach people. Because, and also that, because that's what they believe is correct. Yeah, and then people have the right to choose if they want to follow or if they want to disagree. Um, so because he believes this, this is this exemplifies equity because he's um, teaching people how to live their lives based on what they need to change about their lives. To what do you mean by equity? Like, explain equity. So say there's a person who's not very nice. Then he would... Um, <laughs> Then he would treat them to learn to be nicer. But then say that there's someone who's not very smart. He would treat them so that they would become smarter. Like, he's not going to treat everybody, oh, one person's being, one person's dumb. Oh, I'm going to both teach them how to be smart. Because that's not really what he's going for. He's teaching them how to follow a good path based on their weaknesses. So that kind of brings up the equality and equity discussion again. Yeah, yeah but to explain what Rohit was saying a little bit further, I think... You're saying that equity is um, people being treated um, based on their needs. Yeah. So it's like everyone gets what they need, and, but they don't all get the same thing. Getting the same thing is equality. Like Christian said, it's the equality versus equity. Yeah, so like you brought up that, that discussion. So like if one of them is like not so smart and the other one is like mean, equality would be, you know, both giving them the same amount of learning or like both teaching them the same or teaching them both the same thing but equity which i think would be the correct thing in this situation which would both teach them to the amount to the knowledge that they need so like let's say that like the, there's like a really mean person and like a somewhat unsmart person then like the really mean person since he's like since he's like super mean like 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 on more a more, more more so within that up. personality trait then he's going to probably need more teaching um, I think that analogy doesn't really make sense. I th I think I have a better way to put that. Okay, go ahead. Um, I think you mean, like, everyone needs to learn different things. So let's say a person is really good at math, but is not really good at reading. And then somebody else is really good at reading, but not really good at math. Yeah, you're not going to teach them both, like, to the be really good thing. at math. Yeah, like, you're not going to teach them both the same thing. You're going to teach them what they need to learn. Yeah. Yeah, so do you agree with equity or equality? I think equity is the better way. Um, I kind of agree with both. So the fact with equality that how everyone gets the same amount, I feel that is, is you know, a good way to, like, it's fair. However, with equity, there is some cases where, like, obviously, we said everyone's different before. So, like, they might be in, like, a different situation where they wouldn't need more. But I think it's best to stick with equality, but in sometimes use equity, depending on the situation. I actually disagree with that. I agree more with Rohit in saying that equity is usually the more desirable option in most yeah. situations. But equality should still be 
present in modern society. I yeah. think there should be a yeah. I, I agree with that now that I think about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Kristen's first response was very platonic because Pl- Plato also treated men and women as intellectual equals. So he treated men and women equally, but that he did uh, um treat people based on their needs as well. Well, yeah. Be- well, that's different because gender is a big difference between people. Yeah, and, and we have to remember the time period. At this time, men and women were very, very different. Yeah, and most people in ancient Greece, except maybe the city, the polis of Sparta, they treated men as superiors to women, and women didn't have that many rights, which proves how, like, Plato's ideas were... Far-fetched. Yeah, far-fetched for Just like his teachers at the time. Yeah. yeah. So, just to kind of say something, we said that their ideas are very different, um... Socrates and uh, Plato, but it, maybe it's kind of like how to teach these ideas that he was taught. So, like saying like maybe Socrates taught him like you need to be like like you need to like treat everyone equally and stuff. But and then he like equally expresses his feelings or thoughts on life to them. Yeah. So maybe over so not like maybe teaches. not a, like a relate. Sorry, you can go. Well, no, I interrupted you. you right. go. So maybe maybe like a relation and and like how to convey your ideas rather than a connection in your ideas themselves. Yeah. So you're saying he would teach men and women the same amount? No, no, no. Well, like, I'm just saying that, like, Socrates would, like, teach Plato how to convey his ideas rather than teach him his ideas. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking because their ideas are so different. And normally if someone teaches you something, they're not going to be that much off from them. Yeah. I agree. So you're saying Socrates wasn't um, teaching like the Socratic method to Plato? He exactly. was just teaching yeah, like, yeah, yeah. okay, this is how you get your ideas out to the world. But yes. I think Socrates did teach Plato his ideas, but I think he also did teach Plato how to have his own ideas because the way that we know about Socrates is from Plato and his other uh, Plato's writings about his about Socrates' philosophy. I agree. Yeah. Okay. So. Should we move on to Aristotle now? Yeah. I think we can. Okay. So, Socrates and Plato, they were more about the philosophy. Oh, they were more about the teaching people how to live their lives. You know, like but the Ar- tangible aspect. Like yeah. Said. But Aristotle, he was all about logic. Um, so, do you think that teaching people um, how to live their lives or logic is better? For a well, before well, we say that, what do you mean by logic? Yeah, like, let's break. Let's logic. analyze logic and specifically. So, Aristotle's like, do you mean logic. lo- logically by like what may be correct in the world, or like logically by like what actually happens? So, so like, what should be correct or what is correct at the time? So, I think that he was saying that what is correct, what is scientifically correct. That's what Aristotle was all about. Not all having these theories and all these assumptions about life. He was more down to the. He was more down to science, and that he really wanted to um, find out what really caused stuff. So you're saying he was fo- like Christian said before. He was focused on the more tangible aspect. Yeah. So he wanted to find a better way to explain the world around him. Yeah. I, yeah. That also proves how, like, his ideas, even though he was taught by Plato... Yeah, like, the same relation that I just mentioned. Yeah, like, his his ideas are way different than Plato's and Socrates's. Um, so, Aristotle had, um, he had a school that specialized in subdivisions of logic. 
So there was syllogism, the five elements, the four causes, astronomy, and quote-unquote the mean. So syllogism is a type of type-step reasoning. Example, if A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C. So, so that, like a chain? Almost. Yeah, like a chain. Because if that's... Um, so it's like if A is equal to B and B equals to C, A is equal to C because it's equal to B. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a little confusing. And, uh, but. I so you want to give our points on that now? Like what yeah. we think? Well, personally, I disagree with that because, like, like if you think about it, like we said, not everyone's the same. So, like, let's say there's person A, person B, and person C, and person A and, and person B have, like, a relation, like, they both like math or something along those lines. And then B, like, he still likes math, but then he, like, he, like, he has a connection with C, like, because B likes, I don't know, another topic, re- uh, social studies. And, you know, C likes social studies, but he doesn't like math. So then you're saying that the first person who likes math is similar to the, sec- the third person who likes social studies. I disagree with your example that you gave. Because let's not forget yeah. that Aristotle was all about logic. And he wasn't talking about people in real life. He was talking about something that have a defined definition. And if A is equal to B, that means everything about them are the same. So, and then oh. B is equal yeah, to C. Yeah, I understand C. that, yeah. Um, yeah. So I agree with it. So, um, shall we move on to the five elements? Um, yeah, I guess. The five elements, according to Aristotle, were air, earth, fire, and water. And he also believed in, a, in the fifth element known as either, or either. He believed that either is the substance that makes up large bodies, such as planets and suns. So... Let's break that down. Earth is, as we know now, is an element. Air, fire, and water. I but believe either. I don't believe in that because now they didn't have the science that we have now. And I think that there's um, atoms now and there's gases. And we re- know that it's not made out of a substance known as either. We know it's really made out of. Yeah, because, well, as we know, philosophers in, in ancient times... All they were trying to do was explain the world around them to the people. Like, people had questions. Philosophers had questions. And the only way to answer those questions was to, was to like, make something up or, like, have a theory. And the theory now we know isn't necessarily correct because now we have modern science to explain it. But for the time period, um, either was basically the scientific element well, instead I, I, of atoms. I kind of find that interesting because... We just, he said that, like, it's all about, like, the logic aspect rather than, like, making things up. But now here he is, like, making up an element to try and explain something. Which, I'm like, I'm, like we said, it's just a time where I'm not saying that's not, that's a bad thing. But it's just kind of, like, not really Counterintuitive? Yeah, counterintuitive to what he just said. I disagree that you think he's counterintuitive because he's using logic to make something up to help explain it. So kind yeah. of basing a theory off his previous theory? Yeah. yeah. Either may not be real, but okay. we can't judge that time period okay. based on modern science because, like, that's that was modern science of the time. So let's talk about Aristotle's fourth point, which is astronomy. And we all know what astronomy is. It's the study of space. And um, Aristotle was the one who proved that Earth is not flat but round, but he did believe that Earth was... 
in the center of the universe. So, yeah. Then again, they didn't have modern science, so that's that, that's pretty good that he made that that real yeah. theory that the Earth is round. He may have studied at the, con- at the time. Yeah, he may have studied constellations and saw that they moved around the Earth. So he thought that they were revolving around the Earth when really the Earth was revolving around the sun and everything else was revolving. Well, they appeared to be revolving around the Earth. Yeah. So, my favorite out of all these philosophies would probably be Plato's or Aristotle's. I, I, I'm going to go with Plato on this one. I'm going with Aristotle. I think that I'm down with logic. I am not <laughs> one for... I, I do like philosophy and studying the way of life, but when it comes to choosing between studying the way of life and um, Explaining logic... Explaining life with things that you can under, like, understand, I would choose Aristotle's yeah. philosophy. I guess, because there's actually modern science to back up. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand all that. Like, he, his science may have not been accurate, but that's just because he lived in ancient times. So, I think that's a, that we're going to start wrapping it up. So, we today we discussed Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle. Who were all very famous philosophers in ancient Greece. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Bye. I'm Chris. Signing off. Signing off. couple more things before we go. This podcast is brought to you by the Hotcast Podcasting Network, which is located in Marlboro Middle School Media Center in Marlboro Middle School, Marlboro Township, New Jersey. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please consider subscribing and sharing it with others. For show notes and other podcasts produced by the network, please visit hawkcast.blogspot.com. Thanks for your support.